Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the podcast of FranchiseTag.com, and it is called NFL Trend Zone. I am here with Wesley Johnson, who is an analyst for Franchise Tagged. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I am also a writer and analyst for Franchise Tag. And tonight we're going to jump into the trade that rocked the world temporarily, uh, even maybe a little bit now with the uh, Dolphins and 49ers. We have some free agency to stuff to cover. And then we also have our first fan guest, uh, Daryl, who is a alumnus of Las Vegas Raiders Nation. He's going to join us. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We are firmly embroiled in March Madness right now. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to bet, uh, the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile v- device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So let's get started tonight. Uh, we have Wes. Uh, he's with us from Franchise Tag, like I said. And Daryl, he is a Raiders fan from California. What up, Daryl? Hey, right here, here to talk about Raiders. Let's go. All right, cool. Well, I always uh, ask this on my Viking show when I introduced uh, guest segment. Um, how, what what brought you to the Raiders? Was it your dad or what was it? Yeah, so um, my dad, he actually played for the Raiders. He played uh, for the from- Raiders? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's some clout. Okay, my dad is, <laughs> did nothing of the sort, so explain, <laughs> sir. Yeah, so um, my dad, um, receiver, he went to UCLA, um, got drafted by the Raiders, um, played with them, got a Super Bowl with them in 83. Um, you know, Tom Flores, Jim Pluckett, and Marcus Allen. Uh, played with them until 87, tore his ACL, um, bounced around, and then retired. Um, yeah, so that's yeah, so- Am I? Oh, go ahead. You have to be a Raiders fan then. I mean, that's. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My dad, um, he actually got a Super Bowl with the um, the Niners, too, but gave the ring back and said he was a Raider for life. <laughs> he didn't need it. And that's true? <laughs> that's a true story. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I think we'll get to uh, Raiders only stuff in the midsection of the show. Uh, we'd All be right. remiss if we didn't talk about the trade that uh, stunned everybody, including me. I uh, jokingly looked over at one of my coworkers and said, "Like, is the did the draft get moved up, or what am I missing here? All this crap's going down." So, all right, uh, Wes, you unpack it. What the hell happened if for all the 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 latecomers to with the Dolphins and the 49ers? Yeah, it like you said, it was a, a weird trade. Typically, we don't see draft trades so far out from the draft. We're a little over a month away from the draft, and um. Miami, they traded back from pick number three to pick number 12 with San Francisco, uh, picked up a bounty of picks, and then uh, packaged um, one of those picks to Philly to move back up to spot number six. 
um, more than likely to grab the guy that they were planning to grab at spot three initially. So uh, overall, looks like a, a good mood move for Miami, and yeah. you know we'll see what happens. They're just uh, they, I don't think they were ever a laughing stock, but as as early or as soon as three or four years ago. Uh, they were in a firm rebuild and arguably still are. They got got the way out of it a little bit. But, man, the way that their general manager is just guruing things, it's quite remarkable, especially uh, trading, turning Tunsil into, like, just this ransom. Uh, so, Daryl, do you – I got to address this because it's really confusing to me. Do you buy into the notion that the Niners might actually take Mac Jones at number three? It's circulating out there. I don't I, – I, honestly, I'm not sold on Mac Jones. To be 100% honest, I mean, if it were me, I'd probably take like a Justin Fields or a um, that um, that quarterback out of um, um, North Dakota State. Oh, no. Oh, Trey Lance. Yeah. yeah. Trey Lance. Yeah. We, in Trey my Lance, neck of the yeah. woods. Yeah. He's he's a Minnesotan and then he went to <laughs> NDSU. So I know all about him, at least from the, the hype. Yeah. BYU quarterback. I think he's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think somebody's going to trade up and take him if, you know, if he's not taking that number two. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to stake my reputation to this because I cannot wrap my head around the fact that they would trade up all of that stuff to get Mac Jones when he very easily could be there for them. And I, I, I've watched the tape. I've read the scouting reports and I don't understand how like credible football minds are saying, yeah, they're going to go Mac Jones there. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't seem Lynch like to do that. <laughs> Wes is, is that, am I missing something? No, and I think um, Mac Jones has benefited from the stable of weapons that Alabama puts out on a year-to-year basis. Uh, Last year, there were, I believe, two first-round wide receivers. This year, there's going to be probably two Mm first-round wide receivers along with a running back. Um, He's obviously had the talent around him to succeed, and I don't necessarily think that he's done enough to separate himself from the the Trevor Lawrence's or um, the other quarterbacks out there. When he uh, got about a month ago, you know, when we were all clamoring for bits of news, free agent hadn't started. He was in one random mock draft sent to the Vikings at 14. And I thought it was high even there uh, thinking like, why would the Vikings, they could get him trade back to get him or wait for the second round. So the fact that he's all of a sudden uh, creeping up with, with all the the hype, I don't quite get it. I mean, he may turn out to be great, uh, but it's, it seems very odd that that would have been their plan. It seems more likely like Daryl was saying that it's going to be for fields or one one of the dudes that's actually supposed to go there. Uh, what right. does this do, in your opinion, Daryl, for the rest of the first round? Does this solidify the first four quarter four picks as quarterbacks and therefore leave BPA for a lot of other teams? I, I honestly think it does. Um, I mean, you don't trade up to number three to get a <laughs> running back or a receiver. You get you trade up to get a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think the Dolphins probably traded their pick because they don't – I think they're pretty sold on um, Tua. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think they're like, okay, well, I think Devonte Smith will probably still be there at six. So I think they're um, going to take. So I think I definitely think the first four are probably going to be quarterbacks. Okay, and then Wes, where does that after Kyle Pitts's freakish uh, pro day? Um, yeah. Does that camp him in Atlanta, or does he tumble down after to the Eagles? After Eagles, Cause somebody's going to get a sweet ass piece of clay right there that doesn't even really need molding. Somebody's going to get like his built-in, probably decade-long advantage at tight end spot. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, Pitts, I would have to say, will probably be the first um, positional player on the offensive side to come off the board just for the sheer fact of his measurables. He's, you know, projected to be the only uh, Hall of Famer out of this class. Uh, so, yeah, I, Pitts looks like he he's the real deal. So is it Atlanta? Are they going to ignore quarterback for a year because they can squeeze a little bit more out of Matt Ice? Um, they they can definitely use Pitts. They who was it? Um, Austin Hooper was with them not last year, but the year before that, and they they got rid of or they let him walk in free agency. Cleveland, yeah. Um, yeah, to Cleveland. So, I mean, there's definitely a need for a tight end, um, whether that's Pitts in the first round or, um, you know, whether they get somebody else in a later round, that's to be determined. Um, I think they're fairly set at wide receiver, obviously. Um, I believe they lost a few components along the offensive line. So it, it's possible that Sewell uh, out of Oregon could go there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. It, al- it also seems in the last week, uh, because my team, the Vikings, need offensive linemen, just ones that you know aren't garbage. That's all they need. Uh, it's I-, I follow the offensive line moving a little bit more than the rest of the positions, and it feels like a Rashawn Slater stock is climbing, not necessarily over Sewell's, but it's getting up there to the point where Sewell could tumble. Um, and for a month and a half, two months, Sewell was always cemented in the top five, so... Uh, right. Do you think that's real that he could stumble out of the top five because all these quarterbacks that are supposed to go? I mean, it's definitely possible um, not to rain on the Raiders, but it happened with the Raiders, what, two years ago with the uh, defensive end. Uh, I forget his name. Cleveland, Cleveland uh, Farrell. Farrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody had him pegged as, you know, the first defensive end off the board and. Here yeah. comes still John Gruden rushing <laughs> to the podium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one thing that I think our next, uh, what, three shows in a row will probably be draft-oriented as free agency really quiets down. Um, but there's going to be something weird. Uh, we, we look at all of these dozens of mock drafts that we look at, and we have it so uh, regimented in our head that quarterbacks are going to go the first four, then Pitts is going off the board, and then Sewell. Like, we know how it's going to go, and then every damn year something weird happens, whether it's Daniel Jones to the Giants or, with complete respect to Daryl, the Raiders doing something weird. Uh, every year there's something that's going to happen. So uh, it's it kind of goes along that, that mentality I was saying last week that we look at all these quarterbacks right now between Lance, Fields, Wilson, and Lawrence, and two of them aren't going to be that, that good. When it's all said and done, if history is a reasonable indicator, which it usually is, uh, we have all the sizzle surrounding their names. And two of them, and actually, if you want to throw Mac Jones in there, three of them probably aren't going to be that good or that memorable. So uh, I always want to lead that because they seem so infallible right now. Like if your team needs a quarterback, you think, God, if we can just get up there and, you know, get one of them, we'll be fine. But it's usually only one or two that hit in the first round, if that. Yeah, I, I saw um, I saw something online uh, yesterday. I want to say, and it was the class that had Baker Mayfield in it, and I believe <laughs> the same number of quarterbacks were taken five in the first round, and um, Josh Rosen. It, 
he was the odd man out. So it was, <laughs> yeah. who's going to be the Josh Rosen? Rosen, of this Rosen year? right? Yeah, I, exactly. I'll always, I'll always empathize <laughs> with that man because he had such a. He he might suck. He probably does, but uh, his uh, acclimation to the league with that garbage version of the Cardinals and that offensive line that was crappy before uh, Kingsbury got there, and then shipped off to the Cardinals for whatever second or third pick, round pick, whatever it was. Never really got a shake there, and now he's a practice squad dude. Like, I just feel like we'll never know if he was that good. But then you pivot back to the what, like, I think GMs and coaches probably know better than I do here in my my basement recording a, a podcast. So, right, who knows? <laughs> All right, so let's transition into yeah. some of that Raiders chat. Uh, the Raiders do not have a first round pick, is that correct? Because of the they, uh, they do, they do. Uh, I think it was a we third do, round we got 17. 17. Yeah. Okay, well, I was looking at something, okay, then I misspoke. So it's 17. Completely yeah. misspoke, in fact. Uh, my my apologies. What do most pundits or your buddies think is going to happen there at 17 for the Raiders? Um, well, who's the fastest guy in the draft? Um, you know, <laughs> I thought that was whoever like the a, fastest on the board is that's who we'll take now. Yeah, <laughs> that is all. I always thought um, that was a unfair stereotype that we threw in your face, but it, it seems like you might even confirm it a little bit. I mean, we took we took Henry Ruggs over CD Lamb over Justin Jeffries over like, I mean, I don't think Ruggs was the best receiver on the board. I like him. I like him a lot. But, I mean, that's what – I mean, we look for speed. We look for the flashy players, you know. Um, but, I mean, honestly, who I think we should take, we need a DB or an offensive lineman. Okay. That's who we need. Um, who that is, who's still around at 17, I don't know. Um, you know, like, I think maybe J.C. Horn from South Carolina might yeah. still be around. I like him a lot. Um, I mean, if there's an old lineman, if there's a tackle that's still there or like somebody who can play right tackle on the opposite side of Colton Miller, mm-hmm. I would I would love that. I think that there will be um, because of that Viking connection that I have. Uh, I think between Darasaw uh, and then on the interior part, Vera Tucker from your guys' neck of the woods. And um, I'm missing one other one. Slater will already be gone. Uh Damn it! There's another tackle that should be there, um, but I th- or the, which from one? Cosme? Yeah, Cosme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he he should, he'll definitely be there unless something weird happens. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a guessing game on CB if uh, Certain or Farley fall that far. Um, for franchise tag or wait, uh, for one of our Viking site West, we did a mock draft with the uh, like five dudes, and Farley fell all the way to me with some team, and I was shaking yeah. my head about how that was allowed to happen, and even. With that tumble, I think the Raiders would have been in the mix there. So they might be able to get one of those corners, depending on how things shake down. Do you think, Wes, that yeah. uh, Daryl could get his wish on an offensive lineman or a defensive back? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, at 17, there's definitely going to be value there, um, especially if there's a run on quarterbacks like we are in- anticipating. Um, you know, the more quarterbacks that, that go – early uh the more talented players you know that fall uh later in the draft so it's definitely a possibility um speaking on the offensive line daryl um you guys played i don't know musical chairs with the offensive line this offseason i it was (laughs) that was weird yeah i don't know what we were doing um we got rid of 
Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, Rodney Hudson, um, and re-signed Incognito. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's like John Gruden hates Derek Carr, but I didn't know he hated him this much. <laughs> is that uh, is that now is that the sentiment, or are you exaggerating? Um, I, I'm exaggerating. I think that you know him and Mayock have a plan. Um, I just I just can't see it. Um, I don't know what we're doing with the offensive line right now. Obviously, I think the offensive line is probably the most important um, group mm-hmm. on a um, on a roster, just because <laughs> you can't you don't have no offense without them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will say like, "Oh, well, Trent Brown, you know, he was a better Patriot or whatever, but he was still solid for us." Rodney Hudson was a I thought he was going to be a forever Raider. Yeah, um, and Gabe Jackson was. I mean, he was a beast and yeah. um, to get rid of all three of them. Uh, like I said, I don't know what the plans are. And, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like being a Christian, you just leave it up to God, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's not for me to know, but yeah. I, you know, it's, I, I, maybe we have somebody coming. Maybe there's like a trade in the works on draft day or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, uh, for better or for worse, and I'm sure you enjoyed it on uh, Super Bowl Sunday when Mahomes was ransacked because all of his offensive line was injured. I think the rest of the world started to understand, like, oh, you know, the casual football fans. Like, so right. I think that situation gave the national excuse to say, like, well, this certainly couldn't be Mahomes' fault. So it has to be the offensive line. And it's stuff that other fan bases have said for years about their teams, like, uh, you know, give a quarterback some protection. And this is all to your point, Daryl, about, yeah, they're like the lifeblood of an offense because if Patrick Mahomes can't overcome a garbage offensive line, then nobody on walking the earth can. And exactly. Uh, and so that's what made the Raiders moves, uh, at least preliminary ones, a little puzzling because it's like you're getting rid of all these good dudes. You're supposed to trim the fat and go mm-hmm. get new phases, not get rid of the good ones. Um, right. That leads me to you brought up car and I uh, I get into the numbers of football, the stats, the raw stats, the PFF stuff. And um, a lot of my recognition within the Vikings community was derived from defense of Kirk Cousins because a lot of people savage him and think he's this, uh, you know, eight and eight quarterback that's, you know, gets all of his stats and garbage time and all that. And so I, I made a tendency to debunk a lot of that. Like he's certainly not an infallible quarterback, but I think he's about the 11th best in the league or so. So when I try to objectively figure out why do people dislike this guy, I think I arrive at my opinion of Derek Carr, where when I watch him, he's pretty good. But I never know if he is the guy that can drag them to February. And I think that's how the world feels about Cousins. So as an insider to the Raiders, uh, how do you feel about Carr? I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback, honestly. I mean, there was that season, was it was 2016, 2015, where he basically was playing like an MVP until he broke his leg. Um, we got a good offensive line then. Surprise, surprise. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think he's the right quarterback for Gruden system. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think that if Derek Carr went to another team, he'd probably ball out. I think he's I think Derek Carr is a baller. He's a competitor. Um, I just don't think he's the right quarterback that Gruden wants. I think Gruden wants somebody who can move. Okay. Um, Derek is not like Derek Carr's a slouch. He's he's an athlete, but he's yeah. not like a I think, you know probably wants like somebody like a um Sean Watson, Lamar Jackson, a 
um, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen, somebody like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's Marcus Mariota. It's Marcus Mariota, but <laughs> <laughs> a better Marcus Mariota. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get on a drop on Gruden because, you know, we listened to him be a phenomenal commentator for so long that he loves everybody. Like, you know, Rogers is <laughs> yeah. his guy and, you know, he, he goes out of his way and it's a cool thing to compliment all these players. So I, I can never figure out what his type is and outwardly, um, you know, from the Midwest, it, it seems like he gives uh, Carr a long leash uh, because they are, are they about to, we think, re-sign him to, you know, a large quarterback deal. But when you have Mariota there lurking, who, if he's the type of quarterback that you want, uh, Mariota is like a junior winner. Like, you know, he can win like he did with the Titans. Right. That one playoff game that ended their 23-year drought. Uh, but we don't know if it's sustainable and it would be a big commitment to say, you know, we're going to put this in, in Mariota's basket. Uh, Wes. So I think you and I have talked about Carr before and we both think he's good, not great. And I think that's what the universe feels about cousins. want to interrupt for just a second to talk about our newest sponsor, which is eBay, um, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, um, find the exact shoes you're looking for on eBay. As for the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop a pair um, that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators, uh, which is a team of experienced sneaker authenticators. They verify the box, the logo, the stitching, etc., and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee uh, tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verification return process. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell and flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's spot on. Um, like you said, the eye test, it, they, they both kind of similarly seem like they... They can get the job done, but it, it doesn't happen in a, a sexy manner or, um, you know, like a, a Rogers-esque or a Wilson-esque where, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're dragging the team back, you know, from 10 down to, to overcome and win the game. So, um, yeah, I, I think they don't pass the eye test for a lot of casual fans, um, which is, you know, why um, they – probably tend to get a little more uh, hate than... Yeah, there's that infatuation, and I get it because it's fun, like the the mobile quarterback um, trend, and it seems like, you know, at least half of the dudes that are coming into all of these drafts are mobile, so it is definitely the wave of the future, but I always pivot back to the dudes that are winning Super Bowls are there's not like a prerequisite that they have to be mobile. Um, Brady always ruins that because he's so darn good. And then he's also terribly not mobile, but he's got perfect pocket presence and he will always have perfect pocket presence. But when you start to get into the mobile quarterback, like, is that the requirement for a Super Bowl? Then the only ones you really have are Wilson Mahomes as of late, because, you know, Flacco got one, Foles got one and slow as hell. And then Brady got seven. And I'm trying to figure out, if there is a spot in the NFL for statue quarterbacks or dudes like Carr and Cousins that are actually athletic, but they don't pass the eye test for flamboyant athleticism, Daryl, do you right. think that? Uh, do you think that eventually this league will be all quarterbacks that 
can take off and run? Or do you think there will always be a spot for the average ones that, you know, don't do that, the the prototypical ones? No, I think there's always going to be a spot for the prototypical quarterback. Um, okay. Not every offense can be built to have um, the receivers that can just um, move on the move on the go and uh, running backs that can catch the ball and stuff like that. You're going to you're going to need a quarterback that can stand in the pocket Um when I say move around, not like running gun, but just kind of like move and hit their spots. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just have that, have that accurate arm. And I, I think we, we've seen that, like you said, with Tom Brady, mm-hmm. um, with, um, <clears throat> I, w- I want to say Aaron Rodgers, but he's not like that, but like Nick Foles and, um, even like Deshaun, Deshaun's a pocket passer. Yeah. Yeah. He can move, but he can sit in that pocket and, and throw the ball. So I think there's always gonna be a spot for, um, a statuesque quarterback and not yeah. somebody who can just run a gun. And that's what Watson yeah. prefers. And then uh, folks either dismiss it or don't realize it, that I don't think that he like Lamar Jackson looks like he wants to run most of the time. And Watson exactly. isn't like yeah. that. And in my debates on Twitter about mobile quarterback versus non-mobile, it's like a sliding scale. Like is Rogers mobile sometimes like no. And then sometimes to fit the argument, it's yes. And same with like Dwayne Haskins uh, when he, before he was cut uh, folks told me he's not a mobile quarterback. And I'm like, I've seen him be mobile at Ohio state. So what's the definition here? Is it run first quarterback or mobile quarterback? That's where it gets jacked up a little bit. Um, what about, so we, we touched on Gruden and Mayock. What is the pulse of you personally? And then, of Raider Nation, it, do they get they get a couple more years before you get sour or folks sour now or what do we got? I think I think it's gonna be a couple more years before we get sour. I mean, he's on a ten year deal, so it's kind of like, all right, well, I mean, we're in what, uh, we're in year th- four right now. That ten year deal about to get year four, so it's kind of like, all right, well, he's still building the team. We got Waller, we got Jacobs. I mean, he's bringing in receivers, like fast receivers. So it's kind of like, all right, well, what is the system going to be? I think around year five or year six, if it's still, if we're still going down this path, not making the playoffs, it's going to be like, okay, what's happening? Do we need to, do we need to trade you again? Or, um, (laughs) (laughs) send him to Tampa after Arians walks away. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Um, I, I'm, if you ask my dad, mm-hmm. he's he says I don't I don't think Gruden um, he might be out of touch and everything like that. But I don't I don't know. I mm-hmm. mean, you could say that because he's he wasn't coaching for so long, yeah. just doing like yeah. the QB camps and everything like that. He wasn't in the trenches. Um, but you know, after being after seeing what the league is now, we got to give him a chance. Yeah. That's I mean, that's how I feel about it. All right. Uh, Wes, what other Raider stuff do we got for Daryl before we move on to free agency? What other? Let's see. Um, I guess what what are your thoughts on the offseason so far, Daryl? Uh, obviously, we, um, we touched on the offensive line, but, you know, they've they've signed uh, some additional offensive linemen, Nick Martin, Richie Incognito, he's, uh, as mentioned before, re-signed Colton Miller, uh, Unique Ngakwe, who was with Minnesota for a little bit last year. Solomon Thomas, Kenyon Drake, and then, like you said, the speed on the outside, John Brown and Willie Sneed. Yeah. Um, I like Ngakwe. Yeah. Ngakwe, I think he can um, really relieve some of the pressure from um, Clean and Farrell and um, Max Crosby. Mm -hmm. Um, They're young. um, 
So that veteran, not I guess not really veteran, but that presence or something like a certified pass rusher will help them out a lot. Um, I am upset that we didn't get um, Patrick Peterson. You guys got him. Um, I think he could have really helped our um, DB core um, just being that veteran presence there saying like, I know this is the way we do things. So hopefully I'm hoping for Richard Sherman, not as like somebody who can get in there and lock people down, just as somebody who can to our young DBs be like a, like a big uncle, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, As far as, I mean, we already touched on the office of linemen, no idea what we're doing. Um, If we don't fix that, then everything's for not really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's my feelings about it. Um, I do like um, John Brown and Willie Sneed. I think they're going to be solid for us. Um, some big time playmakers. Um, Kenyon Drake. I I love that move. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs was, yeah, he was kind of our only running back. We had Richard and um, Washington, but I mean, they were just kind of there. I think Kenyon Drake can really um, take some of that pressure off um, Jacobs. And then we could really see like Jacobs to me, Jacobs is an all-star. Um and I think we're going to see that this season. What? Uh, so I forgot before you mentioned it. Uh, John Brown and Willie Sneed. Um, from a, you play fantasy football, right? Um, I didn't play it this season, but no. yeah, I do. Okay, cool. So you know that putting a Raider in the lineup is hell. Not not because they <laughs> suck. It's just they're hard to figure out which one to play. So last year it right. was Aguilar, Renfro, Rugs, and uh, in the deep ass league that Wes and I play in, it's like God. Which one do I pick? Because who's going to be the favorite guy this week? Um, if you're adding Brown and Sneed to the mix, did they subtract others already, or is it going to be like six dudes that are pretty damn good? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that. If we were to subtract somebody, I think I don't know. See, that's Aguilar the thing. Already we gone? got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Aguilar's already gone, okay. so I mean, he's not he's not in the mix anymore. But I feel like Renfro is always solid. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. Yeah. yeah, Rugs needs playing time. Yeah, because he's young. He just needs that experience. So I think maybe like I think the three that are going to be out there are going to be Rugs. Um, Brown and Renfro, and I okay. think Sneed's going to be one of those reserve receivers that you know just comes in, comes out, comes in, comes out. Yeah. Might have a big game there here or there, but he's not going to be the main target. Okay, this if, is so. Um, f- if I was running it, yeah, so foreign to two Vikings fans because we got the big two, and then we just got these <laughs> these piddly other options that uh, you know like, m- wouldn't even make a team uh, on some squad. So it's it's cool. It's a advantage. For your team to have uh, four dudes, I think I feel like there was one more. Maybe Brian Edwards, Waller. Yeah, well, oh, Waller's. Edwards, yeah, Waller's is uh is a cyborg. <laughs> he's a tight end, but he's he's our main. He's our receiver. He's yeah. our main receiver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, who'd you just mention, Wes? Uh, Brian Edwards. He was a rookie yep. last year as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 unlikely that they're lukewarm on him and. So yeah, that's that's they got basically they have a hell of a lot of really good. Uh, Really decent to good pass catchers, and then a top two tight end. Is that a top three? Top two? So yeah, I would say it's top three. I mean, if you're asking me, like personally, he's yeah. number one. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. no, that's fair. Like I, uh, I love his story too. Uh, Wes and I are a couple, mm-hmm. couple former drunks, and so when I read about his his come up, I was like, oh, okay, automatically gonna like this dude. And then you get him on a couple of your fantasy right. teams, and you're like, now I really like this dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pivot to free agency. Um, Wes, what was some of the big news this week? Um, we joked or I joked last week about Sammy Watkins finding a home that it was rumored to go to the Ravens and that was going to be their splash signing. And there's nothing against Watkins. It's just that I don't, I think he's a WR three, uh, but evidently he's going to get a crack at it for WR one with Lamar, which all the power to him. Maybe they'll draft one of those receivers towards the end of the first round, but what's some of the news, uh, Watkins to the Ravens and what else? Uh, Tampa Bay, they return all 22 starters from their Super Bowl championship roster. Um, Indomitian Sue and Leonard Fournette, they re-signed. Uh, so, yeah, uh, talking about continuity, they are going to be returning everybody. I believe they still have um, a fairly deep team um, with the backups. So that's that's a team, obviously, uh, everybody else is chasing. And it, by returning everybody, it just made it that much harder um now do you think they're gonna win it you heard my speech last week that i i I just don't like let's be honest they weren't even that good until they got good in the postseason and of course that was at the perfect time and they deserve the super bowl but uh, there was never one point the entire year that you could look anybody in, in the eye and be like, who's the best team in football? And they'd be like, the Bucks. Besides the time I talked to Warren Sapp on my Viking show, he came on right. and told me the Super Bowl was going to be the Bucks and the Chiefs. And I'm like, okay, buddy, we'll wait and see. And then, of course, he was right, and he let me know about it. Um, but do you, like, first of all, teams don't repeat anymore, no matter how good they are. If the Chiefs couldn't do it, then who can? Do you really think they're going to be in February again next year? Uh I don't think so. Just because with, you know, the championship, uh, they're going to be headhunted. Everybody's going to want a piece of them. They're going to get everybody's best effort. Um, adding a, a 17th game to the season, which we'll get to in a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, it can only add to, um, you know, more opportunity for something else to go wrong. Daryl, do you think the, the Bucks are the team to beat? Um, I think, like you said, they're definitely the team everybody's chasing. Um, that continuity is important um, for a team, I, I feel like. But do I think they're going to repeat? I can't say that they are. It's so hard to repeat in any sport um, to go back to back. Um, and I, I, I hate saying this because it's like I feel like it's a curse. But Tom Brady is getting a year older. But, I mean, yeah. it's – Tom Brady's always been getting a year older and he's like, he doesn't age, but I think that, um, you know, if it, if I were, if I were to bet on it, I would not bet them on them repeating just because of it's hard to repeat. And that's, yeah. that's basically it. It's just so hard to repeat. And like you said, 17th game for a older team. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up, but we'd be stupid to say, you know, Brady can't do it because he was the last one to repeat with the Patriots. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I just see somebody knocking them off prematurely, or I, I wouldn't even be flabbergasted if they came out and went nine and seven. It was just um, a down year for them, so to speak. Cause that's usually what happens, especially 
well, it happens more to the teams with Super Bowl hang, uh, runner-up hangovers. It seems like it's automatic that the team that loses the Super Bowl takes a step back. But we shall see. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. It's certainly not going to count out Brady. But there will be a day, if he doesn't walk out on his own terms, that he's just not going to be very good. Nobody thought Peyton Manning would be bad. He was, but then they somehow won the Super Bowl anyway. He was garbage with in 2015. Nobody cares. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying this every show. <laughs> like he had nine touchdowns, 17 picks. He was terrible in the playoffs, and like we still like we got a second ring, and he didn't do anything. But yeah. All right. So what's the next? Uh, I think uh, was it Kalen Belange went to the Steelers. That was this past week, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, Matt Breida went to the Bills. Oh. Um, Seattle, they cut uh, defensive tackle. Um, I think it's Darren Reed um, and sign Al Woods uh, uh, in his place. Um, Reed went to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City also re-signed uh, Demarcus Robinson. Um, our Vikings remain in the news again. They traded for uh, an offensive center that they'll probably play a guard uh, yeah. with Arizona. And then um, signed uh, Mackenzie Alexander and uh, Xavier Woods, and oh, then yeah. there was a, a Tyler Lockett extension as well. Oh no, yeah. So that's that's a it's a bunch of mid to low tier news after the bombastic first week that we had. Yeah. So for for dudes that are still out there, uh, I'm gonna try to ad lib this because I loaded my computer and the music started playing. Uh, <laughs> We have Richard Sherman, who uh, Daryl talked about, uh, who will go somewhere because he's still damn good. Um, we tend to think that just because a cornerback is 34 or whatever he is, that they're not any good. But he plays damn good. Go look at his numbers. Go look at his pro football focus. He's, he, he should start somewhere. So I bet you he he will do that um, for somebody. Melvin Ingram is inconspicuously still out there. It seems like his stock got cold, and um, I don't know why. Is there a good reason for that? Just maybe no. wants too much money. Is the same thing with Clowney? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so that's two edge rushers, Melvin right? Picked up. Who did? Oh, I said Melvin Ingram will get picked up. Oh, somewhere. yeah, yeah. He and Clowney yeah. can will start on, God, you know, three-fourths of the teams in the league as it is right now. Um, but the only thing I can think about is they're waiting to see the lay of the land or they want still like that J.J. Watt type money. Maybe they'll get it. But the longer they wait, the more cash strapped teams become. And yeah. uh, I, I, I don't, I, I, it puzzles me that starting edge rushers are out there, uh, especially ones with instant name recognition like Clowney. Well, yeah. does Clowney really deserve that type of money? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, he played alongside JJ Watt in his prime and he still didn't put up numbers like he should have. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just my opinion. I love Clowney. Um, but I mean, the biggest play that I've seen from him was that play against Michigan yeah. Yeah, when he was in South Carolina. Other than that, I mean, <laughs> have you really seen much? No, he's uh, <laughs> one of those dudes. Um, they're out there. He gets he for, forces a lot of quarterback pressure and pressures. And it's not a stat that we like to report on. We're getting better at that. But he's not a sack machine. And then he battles the injury stuff. And I think uh, we, we get cold on him because we expect him to be like a 12 sack per year type of guy based on that play, which was badass uh, in 2014 or 2013, 2012. It was a long time ago. Long time uh, so, ago. But, but certifiably, 
he gets the name recognition. So I, I think his agent can, you know, put that in the face of a GM that says like, no, this is Jadavian Clowney we're talking about here. Like, <laughs> you know, this isn't Melvin Ingram. This is the guy from the tape I'm about to show you. And then he pulls out his phone and says, this is the Michigan tape. Uh, that's how that's how I see the conversation going. But they'll both go somewhere. Uh, but it's it's puzzling to me that it's taking this long. Uh, anybody else go off the board? Or excuse me, anybody else that we're missing that's out there? The quarterbacks have lost their sexiness because they're, we're down just to back up dudes. Um, yeah. That's no surprise. Um, but let's see. Geno Atkins, he's still out there. Bunch of offensive tackles. Uh, like Rush, uh, Eric Fisher. Fitch, Fisher, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, Okung, Villanueva. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Edge rusher Ryan Kerrigan. He's out there. Uh, you said, let's see, Golden Tate. He'd be a decent WR3 somewhere. Yeah, Antonio it seems, Brown. Yeah, so yeah. there are names, but most of them are uh, snatched up. Is Casey Hayward still out there? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, there's something that these dudes are waiting for, or maybe it's just that uh, I've never scrutinized it this 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 time of year where they're they're just floating in the wind. Uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot of names. Quan Alexander, he got cut by the Saints, and yeah. he's pretty decent. All right. So the last topic, I think, unless we, unless you guys have something else on free agency, is the expansion of the schedule became official, and everybody and their brother tweeted out, "It's official, seventeen games." And I'm like, <laughs> "We get it." It's like every tweet that I saw for about a half hour was some pundit saying "official." Uh, so that's all fine and dandy. Um, how did the schedule get leaked? to already tell us what's going to happen in week 18. I, I haven't figured that out. It's cool that I know who my favorite team's playing, but how on earth was that just, do you have any idea? Yeah. In terms of how they determined. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, yeah. I, it was even leaked like a month ago. Cause I wrote about it after somebody right. reputable reported on it. And I was like, well, how does that guy know? <laughs> right. <laughs> who told him? <laughs> so the way that they're doing it, um, they're doing a cross conference matchup um, from 2019. So for example, um, the NFC North played the AFC West and how that breaks down. Uh, The matchup is determined by the 2020 standings. So last year, Kansas city won the division and green Bay won their division respectively. So they'll play each other this year. um, And then, uh, whoever came in second place, um, uh, was it the Raiders this year, Daryl? Yeah, yeah, we came in second in the division. So the the Raiders, I believe, will play uh, Chicago. Uh, Vikings will play um, the Chargers, and then Detroit plays um, Denver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then what's going to happen is every other year it's going to rotate uh, the home team. Uh, just depending on the conference. So this year, all AFC teams are the home team. Uh, next year, it'll be the NFC okay. teams. Okay. That that part is pretty fair. So uh be nine home games for the NFC next year. So, Daryl, what's your thoughts? When you first heard 17 games, did you roll your eyes, or did you think, hell yeah, more football? I roll my eyes. I think it's dumb, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Let's hear why. Um, football football is a, is a physical game. Um, I thought, you know, like – when they when they were talking about showing the preseason, I thought that was smart mm-hmm. um, to expand the to expand the games. It's just a money grab, honestly. 
Um, and then we're going to see, we're going to see people get hurt. We're going to see, you know, your favorite quarterback drop back, get hurt on when week 17. We're like, why did, why was this even here? Yeah. You know, so I think it's going to really change the landscape of the playoffs or we're just going to see garbage games in week 17, um, just our week 18 for game 17, just people sitting right before the playoffs because 16 games really will determine who's going to be in the playoffs. So it's going to be just like scrubs. Let's go, go yeah. play. So this, uh, Wes, this will add a, a week to every fantasy football league, right? It will. Okay. It that will. part, that part's cool. I can't knock that part. That's fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I have a really stupid and selfish reason for, uh, rolling my eye. I mean, ultimately it's more football, so I'm not going to complain all that much, but, uh, I just, I, I like, I have like that, uh, you know, stuck in my ways mentality. It's like, well, this, I, I don't want to say a 10 and seven team. I, I'm so used to typing 10 and six or nine and seven. It just seems that all of the individual single season records are kaput. Um, especially the way the league is trending towards offense. So, uh, there should be at least three or four dudes that throw for 5,000 yards, uh, that used to be the Holy Grail. Drew Brees kind of changed that a little bit. Uh, but now I'd say about three to five good quarterbacks going to throw for 5,000 yards. And then it, I think it's unfair to the players from 1982 until now that got the 16 games. And we either have to uh, put an asterisk next to the new records or just don't care. Uh, I mean, it, it's all in the minutia of the numbers to criticize this, but uh, I, I just think it's uh, a slight to the record books. Is there is there anything to that, or is that me being strange? No, I, I think it's definitely valid. I saw something uh, earlier today um, joking that Tom Brady is going to play another 15 seasons to <laughs> protect his records that he has. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's another thing that uh, I think we'll get to in our offseason uh, writings, Wes, is uh, – Usually there's some good articles we can put out on records that could be broken this year. Uh, Brady's going to snatch that, that breeze record right back. I think he already took back touchdown passes and he'll get, he'll get passing yards. Uh, I assume that this matters to him somewhat. Like we saw it matter to LeBron when he uh, had the high ankle sprain and he went back in the game to get his 10 points <laughs> yeah. so he could have the streak continue, which I absolutely loved uh, because it confirms that he cares about things like I care about those things uh, for him to accomplish. But um, I think that ultimately we'll get used to it, the 17 games, but it'll just be kind of a strange feel. And to Daryl's point, it'll just, there's a very good possibility that that week 18 will be feel like garbage, kind of like week 17 does at some points. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say, uh, my uncle, uh, who was a Packer fan, believe it or not, uh, he messaged me like, what are your thoughts on this? And it was pretty much what Daryl said, like, yeah, if it was up to me, which it isn't, I would leave it as is. But, uh, you know, it's it's more of a money grab. And he his text back to me was sobering. It said, in the year that we cut all of the finances back, all the salary cap, we're adding another game for the payers to play while not expanding the salary cap. So we're basically saying go out there and play meaningful football, but do it at the same price tag your contract says. Uh, it's. Mm. I know that uh, the players' union has a big voice, but it doesn't seem as if they really were consulted in that one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know I've touched on it on a previous show, uh, just a player safety standpoint. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the players' union uh, champions for a, a second bye week 
Yeah, just, that seems commonsensical. That that would have to totally happen. Totally agree. Yeah, I think uh, once they realize the errors of their ways, it might take a, a gruesome injury or just enough players complaining, rightfully so, that that they will do it. Um, it kind of reminds me of what week was it? Nah, put you on the spot, Wes. What week was it last year when like all of those humongous names got hurt? Was that like week four or something? Yeah, I want to say three or four. It was brutal. Yeah. I mean, down the line. So, All right, well, we are running short of time. So, Daryl, I want to ask you, I know you're probably going to say, I got to see the draft and all this, blah, blah, blah. But how do you foresee your Raiders doing in 2021? How do I foresee the Raiders doing in 2021? Well, we're definitely not going to go eight and eight because there's um, (laughs) more games. (laughs) RIP that record. Uh, yeah, I think, um, honestly, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to take a, the next step from last year. Okay. Um, I think we were right on the cusp last year. I mean, we beat the Chiefs yeah. and then we had it and then we um, we took them to the end in the second game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're going to be real competitive. I think we're going to be a team that, you know, a team that the league has to watch out for. I think wild card because I think the um, right now the Chiefs own the division. Um, but I think we're going to be a solid wild card team, especially with them adding another wild card spot. Mm-hmm. You okay. know, yeah. and yeah. then uh, just so I can learn from you, good sir, in that division, who do you hate most? Which team? Oh, definitely the Chargers. <laughs> Growing, <laughs> I, that's not, I think I hate the Chargers more than I love the Raiders. To be hundred percent honest, growing <laughs> up in San Diego, there were a lot of fights. I had yeah. a lot of fights over the over them. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent, the chargers. Can you stomach <laughs> any of the other three in the division? Like uh, Wes and I can do for the Detroit lions. Can I still do what? Can yeah. you stomach them? Like we don't, I don't hate the lions. Oh. I don't think Wes does either. No. Is there any I team mean, like, or do you hate them all, but just hate the chargers more so than most? I, I can stomach the chiefs just because I, I enjoy watching them. Yeah. Um, but the Broncos and the chargers, they can die forever. <laughs> is your dad gonna enjoy that you said that about the chiefs um you're gonna wring your neck i don't i don't think he i don't think you have a problem with that to really? be 100 honest mm-hmm. i don't think he'd have a problem with that he my dad now he loves the raiders mm-hmm. but he, he he'll give teams their due okay. i mean just being just being the business in the nfl um, except for maybe the broncos and the chargers to be 100 honest <laughs> yeah. well it's, went, not, it's um, not growing up yeah it sounds just like um, uh, my mentality with the Packers and Bears. So I am I'm quite proud that it, I, my hatred is has duality, and I'm glad to hear that reasonable folks like yourself share the same hatred. <laughs> All right, are we missing anything, gentlemen? Before we log off for the night? No. All right. All right, Daryl. Well, we're going to keep your number. I hope you'll join us this summer, and then maybe we can go through some uh, final roster stuff once we figure out what your offensive line is going to look like and all that. (laughs) Thanks for inviting me. This was fun. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. All right. That's all we got for tonight. We'll be back uh, next week and probably start doing some draft stuff because don't look now, but that is four weeks from tonight. We're getting there. All right. Peace. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.